this year, Lord, as we start out this year uh, uh, with a new year before us, that we will determine in our hearts that we're going to do our best to live such lives that bring honor and glory and praise to your name, and that we will do our best, Lord, through the leading of your Spirit, to touch the hearts and lives of those that you place in our lives, Lord, that uh, those we work with, those that maybe we see uh, from day to day in our lives. Help us, Lord, to be a light to them and to show them the way to make Jesus Savior and Lord of their life, that you receive all the honor and the glory for it, Father, in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Remain standing. Sister Julie leads us tonight.
merciful God. You're a loving Father. Sometimes it works when it wants to, and sometimes it doesn't. But God is good all the time. Amen. Amen. He doesn't change. I, I, I remember days, and most of you in here can remember times before with microphones, when, when preachers had to yell. <laughs> Hopefully it was under the anointing of the Spirit, and sometimes you just had to talk loud so people could understand you. But uh, God is still good. He's, it, it's just... Uh, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm like Sister Carrie and I were talking a while ago. It's just good to be back in God's house where, where we feel like we are at home. And thank you, that the Lord, that you're here. But most important of all, thank you, Father, and thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here. Because without them, church, we're, we're wasting our time. If, we, if the Holy Spirit is not here, if God is not here moving in our midst, we are wasting our time. We're wasting his time. But he's here. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, Jesus said, there I am in the, in the midst of them. Amen. Thank you again. I just want to say thank you. Good to see all your smiling faces for the first time this year. <laughs> uh, and we're glad that you're here. We're glad we're able to be back in the house of the Lord and, and uh, that things are, are coming back together uh, again. And when we heard about the... The water break, the line break, it's like, Lord, please, not again. <laughs> Brother Dennis, do you mind if I, he said something, says, I think we ought to just put a big old pool out there in that hallway. That way when that thing breaks in the wintertime, we, <laughs> we just fill it up and then roll it and just let it run out in the, in the yard. Water the yard some more or something. Uh, I, I know that that's, that's probably not up to code. <laughs> you know, the hell of these building codes, but that might not be it. But anyway, sometimes you, you wonder. It's like, okay, Lord, we've had enough. <laughs> Amen. Uh, as far as I know, 
we haven't shown the school in church Sunday morning. And so spread, spread the word. Uh, I know there were some that, that showed up Sunday, didn't realize that we had, the church wasn't open because of the uh, cleanup that was going on, but uh, spread the word, tell everybody, you know, we're having church again and that we're, going, we're just believing for the Lord to move in, our, in mighty ways in our hearts and lives. Uh, real quickly, I'll remind you of this one because I'm married to the lady that does this. Uh, Faith has a poll on prime timers about what you guys want to do this uh, this month for prime timers. One of them is have potluck uh, back in the fellowship hall, and the other one is catfish corner or sirloin stockade in Ardmore. So. <laughs> Yeah, if you're not on Facebook, just kind of tell her, we're, we're voting kind of what you'd like to do. Uh, kind of want to keep it close, you know, because we are in the middle of, of January and February, and we've seen Oklahoma weather. It's like um, somebody posted here a while back and said, you know, look at this, the weather being all nice and springy-like and all this, just so lovey-dovey like it didn't try to kill us the week before. <laughs> You know, so we know Oklahoma weather can change, uh, especially this time of year. So uh, we can, uh, we just need to, we're just going to try to keep it simple and keep it close. So we let Faith know what you guys like to do, and we'll, we'll let you know for sure how that goes uh, and what we find out. So remember that. We want to go to the Lord in prayer one more time. We want to take your needs and prayer requests before the Lord. Remember those that are on our prayer list. Uh, that God will continue to touch and minister in hearts and lives. Uh, I think it would be wonderful if as we pray and we believe God that we would begin to see God do some mighty things starting this year. Things that always bring Him honor, always bring Him glory, and always bring Him praise. But people being healed, people being delivered, people being touched by the power of the Holy Spirit, people, people being saved, people being filled with the Holy Spirit, and, and God growing His church. And I believe that needs to be our heartbeat. Uh, every, every, in, our, in our prayer time, that needs to be our heartbeat and, and our cry unto the Lord. So let's pray for that. Might be that you would have a need tonight we can pray with you about. Yes, my wife. <laughs> my wife has a praise report, actually. I, I'm, I'm going to pull it. Ranger. <laughs> we don't we don't don't know a lot about him as we don't get a lot of contact with him as or she doesn't as much as she does her sister, so but but God's still good and he's still moving. Anyone else? Sister Linda. So let's remember Angela and uh, Linda's daughter. That uh, let's just you know what I just think we can, we can pray that God will heal that foot and whatever the doctor couldn't do, or maybe if and I'm not going to blame him and say he should have done. I don't know because I'm not a doctor, but God's able to take circumstances and make them right. He created this body. He knows how to fix it. He knows when when things are wrong. He knows what's wrong. Not just what's, what the symptoms are. He knows what the cause is. He knows how to fix the cause. Um, if he can heal a blind man, if he can heal a lame man that was lame from his, from his mother's womb, if he can heal a blind man that had been blind all of his life, God can heal our bodies. 
And that's what Jesus died for. So let's, let's just believe God uh, for Sister Linda's daughter and also for her daughter-in-law. Anyone else? Sister uh, Sandy, I'm sorry. All right. Thank you, Lord. Paul working in Paul's life. We believe he's working not only physically, but he's working spiritually as well. Keep him in your prayers. Amen. Keep Sandy's husband, Paul. Anyone else? Yes, Brother Ron. Okay, yes. All right. All right. Now, let me say something real quick. When somebody says unspoken request, church, I believe with all my heart, that is very dear to their heart. And it's very, more than likely, very serious. So when, when you hear somebody say that, say, well, why can't you just tell? Because it's none of your business, for one thing. <laughs> Only God needs to know. I mean, I'm, you know, some people are just too nosy. If there's a special, you realize that is a very close to somebody's heart. It's very close to their life. So let's remember, Brother Ron's unspoken request in the church, that God will put the person in this pulpit that needs to be here. Right. Amen. And just the one he wants here. Yeah. I'm still believing God for that. Yeah. And so we're, we're going to trust God for that as well. Anyone else tonight? All right, stand again if you can and will. Let's take these to the Lord in prayer and remember the rest of our service. Remember our, our, our message tonight that God lets speak to our hearts and lives. Father God, we come to you again because we know, Father, that you are God. Lord, and that you, as we sang this, this evening, you are good. You are kind, you are merciful, but Lord God, your word declares that you are also the God who heals us. You are the God who delivers. You are the God who sets the captive free. You are the God who reigns on the throne of this universe and you control everything by the power of your word as you speak it forth and have spoken it forth. This universe that we inhabit and are a very small fraction of, Father God, it operates on your command and on your word. We thank you, Father God, that as your children, we have the privilege, we have the right to call upon you for whatever our needs and circumstances are tonight. Father, we thank you, Lord, for these praise reports. Lord, for touching Selah. Lord, for touching Paul. Lord, giving him a good uh, report on his CT scan. Father God, we just ask you to continue healing their bodies and healing their lives and touching them spiritually, helping them, Lord, to just realize that you are the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus, and that no one comes to the Father but by you. Father, we pray, Lord, for these needs to Tonight. We pray, Father God, for Linda's daughter, for her daughter-in-law, asking you, Lord, to touch and heal. Lord, touch this foot and heal it right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, uh, may your healing virtue, Lord, begin moving right now and correcting everything that's wrong. Father, I don't need to know what at all is wrong because I know that you already know what's wrong. You know what needs to be fixed. And Father, you are well able to fix it and make it whole and make it perfect again. And Father, we thank you for that, for touching her daughter-in-law, Lord, as well, and ministering in her life, uh, Lord God, and continuing to minister in Paul's life and these others. Father, we pray, Lord, in our, in our search for a pastor, Lord God, you know who you want in this place. And Father, you open the right doors. Lord, you put the person that you want to be the leader of this congregation in place. Lord, your choice, Father God. And Lord, the one that you know is best for us and that you know will guide and direct us to help us to be the best in your kingdom that we can be to reaching the loss for the Jesus Lord to seeing people's lives changed by the power of the Holy Spirit physically and, and spiritually Lord God and we just thank you for that. Father, we pray for this unspoken request to Brother Ron tonight. Lord, you know that need. And I pray, Father God, that right now in the name of Jesus, it is taken care of. It is healed. It is delivered. Lord, whatever the need is, whatever the answer needs to be, it's here because you are God. You are the answer, Father God, for everything that we have need of. And we thank you, Father, that in Jesus' name, it's being taken care of for your honor and your glory. 
glory and your praise. It is done in Jesus' name. And Father, we ask you, Lord God, as we get into your word, Lord, as we endeavor to speak what you have laid upon our heart, Father, that you will guide and direct us in the words that need to be said, that you will guide and direct us, that our ears will hear, that our hearts will understand, and Lord, that we'll take your word and apply it to our heart and life, that we will be the children of the Most High God in every area of our lives, and that the world around us will know that we are the children of God, because they will see the effect of your hand upon our lives as we walk through this world in front of our workers, in front of our family, in front of our those, our friends, and those that we just come in contact with. May your life and your love and your power flow through us and touch them and to bring them into the kingdom of God, Father. And for all of this, Lord, we give you all of the honor and the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight. you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to turn with me for a few minutes. We want to look at the book of 2 Peter, chapter 3. 2 Peter, chapter 3. I kind of, I know where I want to wind up, but I think I'm just really sense I need to start with verse 1. <laughs> Just so we kind of get an idea of where we're, where, where, what Peter is talking about and, and what the Holy Spirit is saying through him to us tonight. How many of you realize that everything in the Bible, God is talking to us? There's a lot to learn. I do not know it all. I, I do not claim to even know very much of the tip of the iceberg, let alone the rest of it. But I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to learn. I'm wanting, I want to know. I want to know more about him. But everything in his word is given for us and it's given for our good. Second Peter chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. Now this is the second letter that I'm writing to you, beloved. In both of them I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder. What was Peter doing? He was reminding the church, he was reminding the people that he had been in contact with of things they already knew. I think Sister Carol being a teacher, maybe there's some other, you, Sister Kim McCauley can say this. One of the best ways for most of us to learn is repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat. You get, you get the idea? You know. I, I looked at brother, brother Clint back there and I thought about, I, I will sit there and, and want to work on my car sometimes. And so first thing I'll do is go look on YouTube and say, okay, look up this car. Okay, oh, well, that doesn't look so hard. Well, uh, yeah. About takes me about 30, 40 minutes to do the first one, especially if I'm doing brake pads for some reason. The second one takes me about 15. Why? Because I'm figuring out what to do and what not to do. Once I get it figured out, I can do the second one faster. Now, if I did it all the time, I'd probably do brake pads in, you know, in about you know, 15 minutes flat every time. But how do we do? How do we learn? He's reminding them of this. I'm reminding you of things you already know. I'm telling you things that you've already been told. But isn't that the way God does? What did Jesus tell us? I'm reminded of what he told his disciples about the Holy Spirit. He will teach you all things and he will bring all things to your remembrance. When the time comes, when it's necessary, when it's needed, the Holy Spirit will bring things to your mind that you will remember what he has said, what his word has said. Why is it important? Yes, it's important because it's our spiritual life. It is the way we do battle with the devil. When you stop and think about Jesus, and I've said this before, but I still don't understand what the devil thought he could do. Why did he think by tempting Jesus he, he could get him to give up? Jesus wrote the book. He was there when he, when he quoted the, or gave the first words to the writer of the book of Genesis. He was there all the way through the Old Testament. He knew it because he told them it came from him. It came from the Father. It came from the Son. It came from the Holy Spirit. 
Well, when the temptation, what did Jesus use? He used God's word. It is powerful. It is, Jesus says, my words are spirit and they are life. This is the only book I know of that says you read this book and you will have life. You will find life. You will find things that you need to make it through life. You will find the life that comes from the Father because it points us to the Son and through the Holy Spirit who guides and directs us. He said, I'm reminding you, in verse 2, that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles, knowing this first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. It's the same old, same old. Where is the promise? Where is the promise? My wife has a nephew, and you'd have to know her, her nephew. He's, 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 he's something else. I'm, I just, that's where I'm going to leave it. He posted something, and, and in fact, he posted Scripture, which uh, from what little I've seen of him, it's probably kind of unusual. But one of the respondents to his post was simply, the Bible is not true. And I'm going, uh, I, I, you probably need to wake up before you go meet the writer of the book. But you stop and think about it. There are those that are saying, well, it's all going on. It's the same old stuff. It's just not true. It's not worth listening to. Where is the promise? Now, Peter is talking about the second coming of the Lord. And even in Peter's day, they were saying, oh, well, we've heard that before. We've listened to that before. Well, you know, this is nothing new. But notice what Peter says in verse 5. For they deliberately overlook this fact. And I like the way this, this uh, ESV puts this. They deliberately overlook this fact that the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God. God said it. It happened. It didn't have a choice. You realize that when God spoke creation as we know it into existence, it did not have a choice but to obey what God Almighty said for it to do. Except for one thing he created. He gave man the ability to choose. Creation does not have that. When God says, let there be light, it had to be. When God said, let there be land, it had to be. When God said, we're going to make animals, they had to be. But he took the time to create man in his own image. But he gave men the right to choose. From Genesis to Revelation, you will find people being given the opportunity to choose. God will not make you. I can't make you. I'm a pretty big boy. And I think I could twist some people's arms, make them hurt. But I cannot make you believe what God says. I cannot make you obey what God says. Go look through the whole Bible. There were times God gave people, he gave good instructions. Here's what's going to happen if you serve me. Here's what's going to happen if you don't. But you have got to choose. Sometimes they chose well, sometimes they chose badly. It seemed like more often not, Sister Carol, they chose badly. <laughs> and they suffered for it. Well, that's the sad part. He says, 
in verse 6, and that by the means of the, these, the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished, but by the same word, the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. There are people today that will tell you, oh, well, hell is just something in the Bible. It doesn't mean anything. Had a gentleman I worked with one time many years ago. I worked at a, a, for an office supply store. He and I were installing or picking up furniture. I can't remember now what, but I don't know how we got started on it, but he said something was said or... And he said, and he said, I don't know how he come up, the subject of hell come up. And he said, I just don't believe there is one. And I looked at him and I said, well, I said, I'd a whole lot rather believe there was a hell, die and find out there wasn't, than to believe there wasn't a hell and die and find out there was. I'm, I'm a chicken. Okay. I'd rather hedge my bets. I'd rather believe that there was a heaven. I'd rather believe there is a hell. I would rather believe that this word is absolutely true and faithful through all time and eternity. And if it isn't, I haven't lost anything. If it's not, I haven't lost anything. But if it's true, then I have gained the best that God has has to offer not only in that world to come church but in this world here and now we have God on our side we have Jesus living in us we have the Holy Spirit guiding and directing us we have the promises of God that he will watch over us that he will never leave us he will never forsake us we have the promises of God that we are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us we have the promise of God that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us Promise after promise after promise that God has made. What is he? He said it. That settles the argument for me. You can argue with me if you want. You go talk to him and argue if you want to. I'm not going to. It's serious to me to think I could argue with God. Some people think they can. Verse 8, he says, But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. God looks and sees it, and I do not understand this. I do not have the ability up here to get it. But what I understand and what I believe is God can see the beginning from the end and everything in the middle all at one time. He's God. He's not me. Thank you. And I'm not him. Thank you, Lord. I do. And he knows because he knows everything. I don't. I look at situations and it's like, why don't they do this? And it's like, well, maybe they can't. You know, because I, I look at it from my perspective. But God looks at the whole thing. He sees the thoughts and the intents of hearts. He sees what's going on. He sees what's happened. He sees what's going to happen. He sees what's happening right now. All in for him, and that's the only way I know to, to describe it, all for him in one moment of time. Time doesn't mean anything to him like it does us. We are limited by that. We're limited by that clock. At 5.40 in the morning, my alarm is going to go off and tell me that I have to get up and go to work. And you better have everything in gear so you don't get there late. I'm supposed to be at work by at least, I can clock in at 7.23. And my work time is from 7.30 until 4.30 in the afternoon. Or no, 4 o'clock, excuse me. All of our lives are set by time. How many times do we say, oh, if I have the time, I'll, I'll, I'll somebody ask you, well, if I can find the time. It's a very precious commodity, but yet God is outside of that. But this is what I, this is the verse that really got into my heart, and I really kind of want to spend most of my time on this one, verse 9. The Lord is not slow. The King James Version said he's not slack. 
ESV says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient. What did we sing about? He's patient. He's kind. He's merciful. But the Lord is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach or come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved in the earth, and the works that are done in it will be exposed. Since all of these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in the lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to His promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. What about the promise? Notice that Paul, the, Peter says here that they, they are in, in that first part of this, that they will say, where is the promise of his coming? Oh, we've heard you people and preachers and churches talk about the coming of the Lord. It's near, it's near, it's near. It hadn't happened in over 2,000 years. How many of you understand tonight God's promise once it's been made, will happen. There are times, in, one of, in my Bible studies, I read the, it's called the U version. They have a verse. Well, I, I don't just do that whole verse. I do that whole chapter. One of my verses one day this week already talked, it was talking about Jeremiah when he talks about his plans for you, for the children of Israel, you know, to, to give them a hope, to give them a promise. One of the things in that chapter that he was talking about, he told them, you go to Jerusalem. A lot of it had been, not from Jerusalem, had been taken captive to Babylon. Babylon. He told them, said, God says, build houses, marry, have children, plant vineyards, plant gardens, live there because you're going to be there for 70 years. Now, God was specific. He said, 70 years, you're going to be in Babylon, and then I'll bring you back home. Now, there are times when God says things and gives a date and a time period, and in that time period, God always comes through at that point in time. And there are promises like His coming. I believe with all of my heart that the people in the book of Acts thought they were living in the last days. They thought, man, it's got to be. I mean, just look look what it says and look what it says and, and look what John wrote. And, and look, well, it looks like our times. They thought it decades ago. They thought it hundreds of centuries ago. We think it today. Hadn't happened. And people are saying, well, you know, it's whatever. God never makes a promise that he does not keep. I think about Abraham, the Bible. I think it's in the book of Hebrews. that The Bible talks about that Abraham believed that what God promised, he was well able to carry through on. It was counted to him for righteousness. What is part of our faith? Part of our faith, church, is believing that what God has said in this word that you and I can read every day of our lives is absolutely true. And whatever God said would happen is going to happen. Peter goes to great detail about what's going to happen. The heavens are going to melt with fervent heat. I've heard, you know, the scientists, I read some of these scientists things, not a lot of it. Brother Don's a more of an in-depth in science guy than I'll ever be. But, you know, and they say, one of these days the sun is going to explode. Could do it. I don't know. 
But I do know that the Peter, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, said the day is coming when the heavens and the heavenly bodies are going to melt with a fervent heat. All the things that have been here are going to be destroyed, and there is going to be a new heaven and a new earth. John tells us the same thing. It's not going to be the same place. It's not going to look like the same place that you and I grew up in. Anybody ever gone back where you used to live 40 years ago? Not too long ago when I was working at the school at Conwell, we went back to, we went to Choctaw for the, we took the band kids to a, a, a marching contest so they could get ready for their district marching contest in McAllister. I went to school at Choctaw from second grade all the way through high school. We went to where, when I was in school, it was the junior high. It was a mile south of the high school, the old high school in, in, in the town of Choctaw on 10th Street, which was a mile away, where they built the junior high. Well, from the time I graduated in 1974 till 2004, 5, somewhere in there, I can't remember when we went there, took the kids there. High school is now where the junior high was. There's this huge, they are, and they are now a, most of you that understand schools, they are a 5A school, maybe a 6A. I'm not sure how big they are. When I went, we were 2A. And we was doing good to be a 2A school. But it changed. There were things that I saw there that had some of those buildings that they built, you know, when it was a junior high were still there. But then there was a lot of other stuff that wasn't there when I went. Things have changed. The day is coming, and Peter says this, when God's going to make a new heaven and a new earth, wherein righteousness dwells. That's what I'm waiting for. That's what I'm looking for. But he says the promise. What about his promise? The Lord is not slow. To fulfill his promise. Paul writes in one of his epistles to the churches when he says, I'm talking about the coming of Jesus. When the fullness of time was come, God sent his son. It had been promised. I think I read some last month in one of the prophecies of Isaiah. Isaiah prophesied 700 years before Jesus came. They, there's references to him. He was prophesied in the, in the book of, of Genesis. When God said to Adam and Eve in the garden, he said, the serpent will bruise your heel, but you will bruise, your seed will bruise his head. He was talking about Jesus. He fulfilled that promise. We celebrated his birth this last month. Salvation has come to all men. The promise was fulfilled exactly when God wanted to fulfill it. Every promise, and let me, say, let me stop here for a minute and tell you, every promise in God's word is just as sure as the one about his last coming. If the promise of the coming of the Messiah was true and came to pass as God said it would, then every promise in the book. Why? Because God does not change. If he's not slow concerning the promise of his second coming, he's not slow concerning the promise of healing. He's not slow concerning the promise of deliverance. He is not slow in the promise of filling people with the Holy Ghost and with power in their hearts and lives to call upon him. The promise of salvation is still real and still true today. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. It hasn't changed. People have wanted to say, well, you, you Pentecostals get just a little too riled up. Seems like I heard and read in the Bible where it said, these are the men that turned the world upside down. 
Why? They wouldn't turn it upside down, turn it right side up. Because they would rather live in sin. They would rather live in debauchery. They would rather live in their own selfish and, and, and greedy desires than follow what God had said. And when they hear the truth, when the Pharisees heard the truth, when the scribes heard the truth, all it did was make them mad. Because had they listened to what Jesus said, their little powerhouse, their little playhouse would have been torn apart, and it was anyway. What's sad is you stop and think about it. They didn't accept him, and yet when Jesus died on that cross, when he rose again, there, the Bible tells us there came a day when they came in and destroyed the city of Jerusalem. And it's still not been rebuilt back. They're working on it. I believe with all of my heart they're working on it. Because the Bible said they'd start having sacrifices again. They'll start worshiping in the temple again. That temple is going to be built. And just as sure as you and I are sitting here right now, it's going to happen. But just as sure as you and I are sitting right here, every promise in the book, God is not slow. Hang on to it. Child of God, hang on to them. They are yours. God did not promise them to angels. God did not promise them to, to the spirits of the air. God did not promise them to the animals. God's promises are to you and to I and to everyone that will follow him and serve him in spirit and in truth and walk in him and live in him every day of their lives. But I don't see it yet. So, what did Paul say? We walk by faith, not by sight. I don't believe in necessarily in what I see. How many of you have heard the expression, don't believe everything you see and only half what you hear? God's not that way. What he said is true. Hang on to it. Church, in this year, beginning of this year, hang on to it. Hang on to the promise. Hang on to the promise. Look the devil square in the eye and say, look, bud. God said it. I believe it. And you just might as well get out of the way. What God says is what's going to happen in my life, and I will accept nothing less. It's part of the warfare, church. It's part of the battle. He is not slow concerning his promise. What's he doing? Why did he not tell us when he was coming again? Because God knew mankind well enough. They would wait until the very last second. Oh, I can get saved now. No. You're either going to live for him and you're going to serve him right here and right now until you either die or until the rapture takes place. That's what's going to get you into heaven. Those that will be faithful. Jesus says, when I come back, will I find faithfulness in the earth? Will I find people that are holding on to the promise? You've heard that old expression, when you're at the end of your rope, tie a knot and hold on. But I don't have to. All I have to do is hold on to Him. He's my rock. He's my salvation. He's my deliverer. He's my fortress. He's my shield. He is my all in all. He is everything I need or will ever need in my life. I'm going to hold on to Him. If the world falls apart, His word won't. His promises are as steadfast and true as God himself because he made them. Hold on to your promises. Hold on to your promises. You hear me, church? Hold on to your promise. Hold on to his promise. He will deliver. He will come through. He will show himself mighty in behalf of his church. And when God shows up, every devil, every demon has to flee. 
And we need some people that will get earnest and with God and say, God, show up every time we come in this house. Show up every time we gather together and worship you. Show up in your might and your power and your glory. And let's show the world what it means to be a child of God. Real quickly, I'm trying to find a quitting spot. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I thought about them. They had a promise. They didn't get it from Babylon. They didn't get it from Nebuchadnezzar. The story, you know the story, hopefully as well as I do. They were, they, the king had made this big statue and everybody got to fall down and worship it. When you hear the trumpet and the music go, everybody fall down and worship that statue looks like me. And those boys didn't do it. They got ratted out. Oh, king, guess what we saw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego doing? They just think they're too good to bow down. I think you ought to really take care of them. You can hear the devil. Can't you hear him in, in, in doing that, accusing them? Yeah. Yeah. Nebuchadnezzar bought it, hook, line, and sinker. You're right, boy. We're going, and he called him in. Boys, what is this? I'm, I'm paraphrasing, I know. Brought him up and said, what's this talking about? And he, they said, King, we got one answer for you, bud. The God that we serve is able to deliver us. But if he doesn't, there's a sermon all in of itself. But if he doesn't, we will not bow down. And even then, we will still be delivered out of your hands, even if it kills us. Do you know that's what they said, church? If it kills us, we are not bowing down to your stupid idols. We know the story. Furnace got heated seven times. It ever hotter than ever been heated before. The guys that threw them in died because of the heat. Nebuchadnezzar, for whatever reason, why did he go look? I've wondered, why did he even think everybody he'd ever thrown in there before died and burned up? Why did he go look? But he did. And he said, wait a minute, didn't we throw three of them in there? Yes, sir, yes, sir. And you see all them, boy, I mean, King's man, he's already thrown three guys in that fire and it's the fire first. They didn't want to be number four. Yep, yep, he did. Then why do I see four and the fourth? The fourth one looks like the son of God because he was. And they came out of that fiery furnace, church, because they held on to a promise. They held on to a promise. Bow your heads with me if you would tonight. Father, thank you, Lord, that you are, as we sing that song tonight, you are kind, you are patient, you are good, you are merciful. Even today, Lord, you are. Father, I pray first of all, for this congregation here tonight. God, we have a promise that whatever we ask you to do, in Jesus' name, it will be done. And Father, you know what we need in this house more than anything else. Father, we need your choice to fill this leadership position. And Father God, only your choice. Not man's, not demons, not anybody's opinion, but your choice, God, to fill the leadership role in this sanctuary and in this church and in this body. Father, we're going to hang on to that promise that what we ask you in faith believing, it shall be done. And I thank you for it, Father, in advance. Lord, I know it's, it's disheartening at times, but Lord, you are still faithful and we are going to hang on to the promise that you have right what we, you have the best that we need at this moment in time and in this hour. And I thank you, Lord, that it's real 
and that you're going to provide it. Lord, not just for our church, but Lord, for every individual, every family in this house tonight, and everyone that may be listening, Lord, to this, this service as it's being broadcast or rebroadcast. Father God, you know exactly what we need. You know what is best for us. And Father, that's what we ask for, your best for our circumstance, for our situation. And we're going to hold on to the promise that you've made to us, that you don't leave us, you don't forsake us, that you supply all of our need, that you take care of everything that we have need of. You're a healer. You're our deliverer. You, Lord God, are our provider in everything. And we thank you for that. And we are going to hold on to that promise. Every head bowed and every Christian in here pray. And I trust that everyone here and here tonight knows the Lord. The first promise he makes is that he will save your soul. The first promise is, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus said, he that believes in me, I will, in the, that comes to me, that believes me, I will not in any way cast out. Jesus wants you in the family. The Father God wants you in his family. The Holy Spirit wants you in his family because he is drawing. Holy Spirit works to draw you and to open your eyes to the truth of God and the life that he offers. If you don't know Jesus, the first promise he made, and it stands true today as it ever has, he said, if you will come and make me Savior and Lord of your life, I'll give you eternal life. Jesus said if the, those that came to him, as many as received him, to them gave he the power, the authority to be called the sons of God. He's promised not only salvation, he's promised the Holy Spirit to dwell inside you, to guide you and direct you. It's the Holy Spirit that will draw you to Jesus. I can't, and as I said before, I can't make you come. God won't make you come. But I tell you right now, on the basis of his word that I believe to be absolutely true, if you come into him and say, Jesus, come into my life. I've made a mess of it. It, 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 it. My life's horrible. It's terrible. But Lord, if you'll come into my life, you promise to make me a new creature. Lord, your word says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are come new. It's simple. May not be easy for you, but it's simple. But I'm believing that the Holy Spirit will just help you to realize that you have been released from the captivity of Satan, from his the captivity of his lies, the captivity of the bondage that he may have you in. You are released in Jesus' name. Make him Savior and Lord of your life. That's a promise you can bank on. That's a promise you can take to eternity with and know that you will spend that eternity with Jesus, with the Father, with the Holy Spirit. I encourage you, just say that simple prayer. Lord, I'm a sinner and I know it. I need my life. I made a mess of it. But Lord, I believe you can come in. Your promise is if I invite you in, you will change me from the inside out and I will be a new creation. Pray that prayer. Let somebody know. If somebody, if it's somebody you go to church with, or or, or you know, or call our church, or, or contact our church, and let us know what has happened. Tell somebody if that you've made Jesus save you in order of your life, and then find out what His promises say there in His Word, and hold on to those promises. Church, to us, hold on to the promise. Father God, thank you tonight for this time together. I pray, Father, Lord, that something we have said tonight has strengthened, has encouraged every heart and every life, Lord, that has heard this, that will hear it, Lord God, that you will help them to understand your promises are faithful and true. And if you've made the promise, it will happen. Father God, I pray, Lord, that you will go with us. 
guide and direct us. Help us, Father God, each and every day to let our light so shine before men that they will see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. I pray, Father God, your blessing on each heart, each family here tonight. Pray, Father God, that your safety and your protection cover them completely and surround them everywhere they go. And that, Lord God, you will show yourself mighty in their behalf. And, Lord, that as we return, should you, should you tarry your return, we be able to come back Sunday. Lord, help us to come back expecting you, Father God, to move mightily in our midst, through and by the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, I pray this benediction over this congregation tonight. Lord, may your face shine upon them. May you go before them and behind them and beside them. And Lord, may we realize that everywhere we go, everything we do, as your children, you are right there with us all the time. Thank you, Father, for that promise as well. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you guys for coming. Hope to see you here next this coming Sunday. Starts at nine forty five, nine thirty. <laughs>